Hello, this is Mike Jones calling. Brother Truckers. And um, sorry it's been a while since I have been away. Had the COVID-19. Had the version that uh, gets into your lungs, I guess. So I've been in the hospital. I spent Christmas, New Year's in the hospital. So my voice is still kind of gravelly about it. Trying to, I was sounding like Miles Davis when I was in there earlier, but I'm getting better. A lot of people called and wished me, wished me well. And some people thought I was at death's door, but I never was at death's door. I just felt real crappy. They had a headache and food tasted, didn't taste really good. And I was just tired, but I'm glad I'm back on track. And uh, I got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. You know, we got the situation about the truckers in Canada, and that kind of hits home with me because a lot of people don't understand what's going on in Canada about the truckers. I'm going to speak on that. Uh, you got the Ukraine situation that a lot of people don't know about. They'll listen to the news and, you know, the old woe was me about the Ukraine thing. I feel for the people in Ukraine, especially the women and the children, because those are innocents always get caught up in war. It's unnecessary. And uh, to me, myself, you know, it's, it's very asinine because the person that you got in the Oval Office, the one who I can't name because I might get taken off the air for even speaking truth, which I, I believe in telling the truth and shaming the devil, started this. These people pushed Putin into a corner and they kept daring him. And the man has been desperate for years. And now he's struck out. Now he's the bad guy. Now the whole world is going to turn against him. Well, if you think I'm joking, look back a few years ago. Look at what they did in Syria. Look at what they did in uh, Iraq with Saddam. Look at what they did to uh, Gaddafi. You know? All you got to do is point your fingers at, at people and say, he the bad guy, he the bad guy, he the bad guy, and nudge everybody else and say, yeah, that's right, he the bad guy, he the bad guy. So it's almost like, you know, you're standing in an elevator with a bunch of people and somebody breaks wind in the elevator. So you break a fart in the elevator and then you turn around to some other, some some innocent slub and point the finger at him and say, man, what you doing there, man? You, you farted in the elevator. Well, that person's going to like, I didn't do it. But everybody else has already said, oh, oh, you know, yeah, you had to. Because I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So there you go. It's the old fart in the elevator trick. That's what I call it. You're going to blame a man, make him lash out, and attack people that you've been funding for a lot of years under cover of darkness. And uh, the media is complicit in what you do. So you're throwing a rock and you hide your hand and the media is going to back you up on it. That's what's going on in the world, folks. People, whatever you do, keep a Bible in one hand and a history book in another. And look at the history of a lot of this stuff that's going on. Because I cannot stress to you how serious knowing what's going on is is all about. Because you need to know where the punch is coming from in order to deflect it. You know? So with that, I'm going to go back and backtrack and talk about the Canadian trucker situation because all this ties in together about taking away our freedoms and the leading us down the garden path of uh, a one world government under the United Nations and NATO is going to be their, their military wing. So the Canadian prime minister, yeah, like, like he's a real man, okay? He'll bend to anything. First of all, I take offense to what he did to the to the, the truckers, the brothers and sisters that ride up there in Canada. What they do is a hard job. I used to ride Canadian lanes. And they have to not just come from the east to get to west. They have to drop down, down here into the U.S. to pop back up across the border to get over there from one side to the other. Because during the wintertime, if you went top of, over the top of the Great Lakes up there, the snow is so heavy and they don't have a lot of roads up that way that are pretty much passable. And the kind of traffic that comes through across the Ambassador Bridge, the Peace Bridge, um, can't think of the other bridge that I used to cross all the time. 
going over to uh, Sarnia, coming out of Port Huron, over that way. All these different bridges you cross to go over there. Then you got North Portal, and then you got International Falls. You got all these places that the Canadians cross back and forth, trucking through the United States, running down I-75, all the way down to uh, Florida, places like that. They even run all the way down to Houston. They're extending I-69 down there way they go through and, and go down to Houston and back to Canada. You know, you got to thank Bill Clinton for the, the NAFTA free trade agreement. He opened up the countries to do this. Uh, it makes sense for Canada and us to trade a lot because we're so similar, we speak the same language. We just don't say A after everything, right? Hey, but the deal is, you know, we, we share a, a common interest. Mexico would love to get on board. I've even trucked down there on the border of Mexico. We got a park down there. Every major trucking company has got a lot down there, down in, uh, down there in Texas, where you got to wait for your freight to come across so you can pick up a trailer and uh, bring it back up into the U.S. to trade or what have you. You know, Nuevo Laredo. I used to go down there and pick up stuff off the border. I had to wait down there a couple of days so I could get a load coming out of, out of Mexico. If only we could get a handle on what's going on down there with the drug cartels, we could probably run through Mexico and, 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 and do things. That's how they want to do it. That's the, that's the major league plan, to be able to have interstates run through Mexico all the way down into South America. And they got this grand scheme on how they want the world to be. Some of it I'm for, a lot of it I'm not, because I still want countries to maintain their independent sovereignty, you know? I like to be able to go to a country and they still have their own flavor, their own language and how they do things and their own food. You know, I don't necessarily want to go every place and there's a McDonald's on every damn corner or, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Been to China. Love China. China's a beautiful country. You know, um, I went over to China because I had the opportunity. I spent I spent the coin to do it because I wanted to know exactly what China was up to, because you hear so much stuff out here in our media about China. Good, bad and indifferent. I wanted to see it for myself. You know, I heard the Chinese were prejudiced against black people and they don't like us and we shouldn't trust them. And I went to China and the Chinese people were very welcoming, very nice people. I didn't have a problem, you know? But then again, I didn't go over to China, you know, and, and being, on a, being on a basketball team and start shoplifting out of their stores either. So I'm just saying, you know, when you go someplace and you travel and you're a traveler, respect where you go because a few years ago a couple of young men were on the basketball team went over there and decided they want to shoplift in China you know if it wasn't for Trump your little black bus would still be in a Chinese prison you'd probably be fluent in Chinese right now and, and eating with chopsticks because I'm going to tell you they don't cotton to that BS alright you know you don't leave this country over here and embarrass yourself somewhere else and then the, the kid's father had had a nerve enough to, to, to get an attitude with Trump. Man, if I was Trump, I'd have left them. Them cats over there. I'd have told the Chinese, man, keep them. It'd be less to let, uh, learn a lesson for the rest of y'all out there that want to come over here and, 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 and want to act like you back home in the hood. You want to shoplift out of stores. You see, I'm going to tell you something. Go to Saudi Arabia with that BS, okay? They'll cut your hand off. So I'm just saying, you know, you want to go travel someplace, you best to be respectful of the laws that you go to. If not, you might lose something that you might need. Just saying. Oh, I'm digressing. Let me go back to what I was talking about, the Canadian truckers. I've traveled Canada. I've been all the way across from pretty much uh, Quebec all the way to uh, British Columbia, okay? I used to run up to little small towns like Coda Cook, uh, all the different saints up there, <laughs> up in Canada, little saint, the little saint town, St. Mary's, you know, I have to look on the map to tell you all the places I've gone to, because I, I treat all these loads, I hit them and I forget them, you know, I gotta look at the map to tell you where I've been, I've been so many places. But uh, 
what I don't like about the Canadian government is they ain't that smart, okay? I started trucking Canada. I was owner operator. Been a company driver over there. I did it first as a company driver. I've seen changes in Canada for the good. But law-wise, they've they're really doing things backwards. Some lady that was in the in the parliament up there that come from Quebec say the cars are going too fast on the interstate, so they slowed the trucks down. They put them on speed limiters. Now I don't know if you understand what a speed limiter is, but all these cars, the trucks nowadays, are uh, uh, have computers in them. Okay, that ain't no secret. But what you can do is you can turn the speeds on these trucks down by going into the brain box, hooking up a couple of alligator clips and uh, hooking some wires into the brain box. You get into the code system, a couple of keystrokes, you can make the truck go as fast or as slow as you want it to. I've had it done a couple of times with trucks. First time I was with Snyder, I was uh, under the 55 mile an hour, you know, company-wide policy. And eventually that policy kind of wore itself thin because they had accounts that needed to be taken care of right away. And 55 mile an hour just wasn't doing it. The trucks wasn't fast enough to make those deadlines. So Snyder had to say, you know what? We got to bump the trucks up. So I stayed with Snyder. Uh, started out when it was 55 mile an hour. We're talking about 95, 96. You know, and then when they decided they wanted to bump them up, they bumped them up to uh, 65. Hey, that 10 miles an hour did a whole lot. And they bumped my truck up with Snyder. And I, that's the first time I saw how they did it. And how easy it was to change the speed on the truck just by going into the computer brain box. And trust and believe, that computer governs that truck's engine. If it says it's going to do 65, it ain't going to do no no faster than 65. Not unless you're going downhill and the weight pushes you down there. Then, you know, well, it is what it is after that. But as soon as it gets to flat land and evens out, it goes right back to 65. So they want you to go into your brain box and they want to govern the trucks to 100 kilometers, okay? 100 kilometers is 62 miles an hour, all right? Now, I want you to do an experiment. When you're riding on the interstate, I want you to find a truck that's got an Ontario plate on the, tra on the, on the back of the trailer and uh, you'll find some, you know, names on trucks that's kind of different than American names. I can give you some, some companies, but I'd rather you do your own, your own homework. And you ride next to those trucks to see how fast they go. Now, if you get the trucks coming out of Eastern Canada, which is Ontario and Quebec, a lot of those trucks, most of them is gonna be governed. It ain't gonna go no faster than 100 kilometers. They over to the side of the road. I mean, you ride up inside the state of Michigan, you're gonna run into a whole lot of Canadian trucks. And trust me, they only on the state, they right there on the side of the road. They just stuck doing what they do. I call them rolling speed bumps. Because what they do is like, you go to Canada and this has happened to me. Rolled up in Ontario, they had the scale house open. You gotta go in there and visit the scale house. But this time you go through the scale house you pop out the scale house and they got this other side over here where they're going to do some uh they do the truck inspections you pull over into a little slot and then they plug your truck in and they tell you how fast your truck could go so a lady told me oh uh your truck is you know 67 mile an hour it's entirely too fast for the, the province of ontario i'm like well lady give me some information on it and i have you know my company turn it down that's when I was pulling with QC. I was driving a company truck, driving a Pete at the time. She says, well, I can't give you any information on it. I'm like, well, they're not going to turn it down. Well, you have to turn it down. Give me some information on it. Well, I can't give you no information on it. Well, they ain't going to turn it down. So we went around and around about this. I was messing with it, too, because I mean, you know what? I'm tired. And I know it was a bunch of BS. Because every time I've driven in Canada, when I was an owner operator, I would just respect their laws and I would set my cruise control to, you know, 62 miles an hour, which is uh, 100 kilometers, okay? And I just roll like that. 
And then I get to a place where them Canadian trucks start, you know, backing everything up and slowing down. I do a head check. I hit the, uh, I hit the get by lane. I get by them, get ahead of them, pop right back in front of them, go right back to doing what I was doing. So I told the lady, listen, uh, speed limit, what are you talking about? I got a cruise control. I set it for, you know, what your law is and, and, I, and I forget it. Oh no, you gotta have your truck turned down. So in other words, if I was on an operator, I would have to take my truck in over to, and I had a Volvo at the time. I had to take it over to Volvo, or not that well, couldn't even do it to Volvo because I had a Detroit in mind. So that means going to Freightliner because Freightliner had bought uh, Detroit, the engine company, you know? So I would have to take the Freightliner for them to turn it down because I had Freightliner turn mine up when I was I, when I was an independent contractor. When I owned my truck, I had them turn it up. I told them, I said, I want you to max it out. So when I go out there out west, I can put my foot in it and make some time. And I did that. I didn't go any, any faster than 80 because, well, I ain't trying to kill myself, you know. But uh, I used that speed for my advantage when I was on operator. I got the job done, you know. But going back to uh, this, you know, situation I had in Ontario, I'm like, you mean to tell me that I got to pay for my own truck to get it turned down? I'm like, that ain't going to happen. So she tells me, are you an own operator or are you a company driver? Well, I could have told her both because I, I had my truck parked at the time and I was driving the company truck because I had radiator problems. I hit a deer one night and I had it parked. And I said, uh, I'm a company driver. Well, they got to turn this truck down. I said, ain't going to happen. So we went back around and around and around. I said, you ain't going to give me no information, no paperwork. They ain't going to do it. When you come over here and you don't have your truck turned down, you'll get a ticket. I said, yeah, and they'll pay it too. And she said, you get a ticket every time you come over here. I said, they'll pay it every time I come over here. Cause I said, because they got plenty of money. <laughs> so I was messing with her bad, too. She got exasperated with me. She said, do you like what you do? I looked at her. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't like driving a truck anymore. I used to like driving a truck. Until you start making all these asinine, dumb laws. Okay, I will do that. Thank you. Right. Anyway, he wasn't talking to me. I don't yeah, he ain't talking to me. Anyway, if you pick that up on, on this podcast. So anyway, like I was saying, she says, well, ask me if I like my job. No, I don't like my job. Because the bottom line is, you know, you got cameras in these trucks, taking pictures of your inside and outside. I understand the outside part, because you got people out here doing all kind of crazy stuff. They'll they'll come down on the on-ramp, on the cell phone, up to their face, ain't paying attention. You sitting there looking at them, it's like, okay, when you gonna look over here and see me sitting here? And I drive a tanker truck, so I'm driving, you know, Right now, I got 8,500 gallons of aviation gas on here, blue stuff. We call it uh, Smurf juice. I'm talking about high-octane high fuel, okay? This is this fuel octane is higher than, than the stuff you, you get at the gas stations, okay? Because this is for airplanes. So if I go up, I'm going up in a blaze, all right? But people don't care. You know, they wait till the last minute. And then I got other trucks on the side of me over here. I'm blocked. I can't go anywhere. So I got to sit in that right-hand lane. And I took the tutor on them. That's called a horn. And they look over at me. And then all of a sudden, they got to go ahead and they got to get on the shoulder because they weren't paying the fuck attention. I mean, excuse my French if I said that. They weren't paying attention. And then they won't be mad at me. Because why? Um, I can't move out the way. I'm not going to slow down. Because people that don't drive uh, that don't drive trucks don't understand. If I put my foot on the brake, I got 8,500 gallons up here, okay? 80-pound gross vehicle weight. All that weight is going to the back. It's going to slow me down. It's going to take me a, a little while to get my momentum up so I can ride again. That's why truck drivers don't like really slowing down, because the mass force and the weight out here affects everything that we do. And that weight, once you get to hitting the brakes and slowing down, it's going to slow you down. And you know, you're not driving a car. You're driving an engine that's got to pull a lot of weight to get it back up to speed again. 
So, you know, I got to let people know, hey, you ain't paying attention. Look over your shoulder and see me. And then they want to throw the, they want to throw the middle finger up at you, you know, because they mad at you because I'm just doing my job. I can't move. So what do you expect me to do? You know. So I'm talking about the speed limit law in Canada, all right? How dumb it is. Because once you get a whole bunch of trucks together doing the same speed, well, now you're not going to pass each other. You're just going to be sitting there looking at each other until somebody either taps on the brakes and slows down, which most truckers will not do, or you're just going to be holding up traffic for miles, which has been done before, you know? So the truckers over there in Canada got to put up with a bunch of crap. And they drive a lot longer than they do here in the U.S. Their logbook situation is different logbooking than we do. They get more hours on their book than we get on our time. We get 11 hours a day, you know, to drive. They get 12. And it's funny, we should really have the same time because that extra hour that 12 hour right there could get you home in America and you don't have to like stop an hour before you get you know an hour out and, and, and find a place to park you can make it to the house in 12 hours but they won't do that in America they want you to drive 11 hours and they want you to work three 13 hour days okay It don't make no sense to me why they want to do it that way. I think it's something, was, I, I, my understanding was, oh yeah, they tested out fighter pilots and they found out that they, they you know, they, 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 when they fly, you know, fighter jets, they, they're good for those many hours and everything like that. Uh, Durr, last time I checked, I ain't flying a fighter jet. This ain't an F-18 or F-16 or F-15 or F-35, you know, joint strike fighter. I'm flying a damn tanker truck, okay? I got to pull over to get fuel. Those kind of uh, those kind of vehicles flying in the sky, they get air to air refueling, okay? So they gas station to come to them when they got them 707s out there, this, this you know, military tankers. All they got to do is just go ahead and take a stab at the cone and everything like that. They get fueled up and keep it moving. Uh, we don't have it like that down here. We got to go to, you know, the Flying J or the Pilot or the Petro or the TA or Loves. You know, those are truck stops for folks who don't even know anything about trucking. You've probably been to them before. They're all over the place now. So, you know, we're at the mercy of a lot of different things. and We don't go as fast, all right? So they want to base what fighter pilots do to make truckers drive the hours that fighter pilots can fly. That's real smart. That's that's your government at its best. Then again, you got who you got in government. He ain't the smartest tool in the drawer either. But he sure knows how to steal stuff, though. Anyway, I digress. Um, that's that's one of the major problems that the Canadians have. Next problem they got is they don't have a lot of rest areas up there in Canada. When I was running the lanes out there, especially out out in Western Canada, okay. They just got these little pull-offs over there with a big garbage can with a, with a heavy-duty lid on it to keep the bears from, you know, ravaging and foraging into the garbage or what have you. And you know, I'm out there talking about Manitoba and places like that, you know. So they don't have a lot of rest areas. Now, you go out to uh, Ontario, they got a lot of those roadside plazas out there in Ontario, you know, on 401 and all that. But uh, and then they got, you know, uh, the fifth wheel truck stop out there or they got the uh, other truck stop I used to go to because I used to run all the way up to Edmonton you know they got few and far between they got some pretty decent truck stops you know they're getting better because at one time the fifth wheel out there it was a dirt lot I mean dirt a dirty muddy lot you know and uh, they still got places just like that out there I haven't been there the past couple of years so I'm pretty sure things ain't changed that that, that drastically. Although Flying J and and, uh, and Loves is moving in, 40 going north, building new places, which I think is good for Canada. 
But to deal with the rules and regulations that these drivers have, and they drive a lot of long hours, and a lot of long, boring hours, okay? Because you locked in a child of a box looking out the window with the wheels rolling, and it takes you hours on hours on hours to get through these states, you know? And uh, you got this electronic dog collar. That's what. That's another name I call it. Because if you pull over to the side of the road and you stop to grab you something to eat and go to the bathroom, you know, do whatever, the clock is pretty much still ticking. Even if you got sleepy and you want to pull over right quick, get you a nap. You see, I'm old school driver now. I remember back in the days we had paper logs, okay? If I got sleepy, I could pull over and grab me a couple of hours and get me some shut eye. I get up and keep it moving, you know? That logbook could do whatever I wanted to do. Why? Because, you know, hey, the pen is mightier than the sword. And I can get some sleep and jump back on the interstate and do what I got to do. Ain't nobody the wiser, not unless, you know, DOT pops up and looks at me and says, hey, you know, well, you started here and now you're here. Well, you know, that's why a lot of guys used to ride with, you know, two and three logbooks at one time. But uh, I wasn't trying to do that. I used to jot my stuff down in a notebook. And if I knew I was coming up to a, you know, a scale house or a port of entry, I'd pull over to the side, man, get my book up to date. They look at me real kind of strange. It's like, you right on the money. I'm like, yes, sir, you know, right on the money. They couldn't say I was lying, so they let me through. And even my receipts used to line up with the places where I stopped because I had the Canadians check my book out. My book was neat. I always used a straight edge. And my receipts was all in there. They even gave me a compliment about my book. So, and that was in Lloydminster. Okay. So I'm telling you, I, I said, yeah, I, I I got it down pat. I learned, I learned how to do the book. But uh, the Canadian drivers, I feel for them. You got, a, you got an idiot running your country. He ain't man enough to go out there and stand out there in the cold and talk to you folks and, and address your problems. They don't care about your problems. You know, they treat you like you're a galley slave. And if it isn't for truckers bringing you your goods and services every day, you wouldn't have it. You know, they've been talking on the radio since I started. And I'm talking about 94. I jumped in the truck. They've been talking about, yeah, hey, we need to go on strike. We need to go on strike. We need to go on strike. Well, you know, they didn't do it. They tried to do it in certain places. They shut down one time for an afternoon or whatever. Hey, I was on operator back then. I'm like, fine by me. I'll park my truck. I'll take some days off. It don't bother me none. But you know what? If you don't have everybody on the same page, you can't make an impact. And then on top of it, 9-11 out here is driving. You know, for you to go out here on 9-11, you know, when the war was going on, our military needs this freight. You know, we the ones that carry the bullets and the bandages and the toilet paper, okay? And we are not gonna let our frontline troops down as truckers. We will not do that. So the government got one over us on us because of the fact that, you know what? We ain't gonna let our, 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 our warriors down. We're not going to do that at all. We're going to make sure that they get what they need. They put their lives on the line. We're going, we, and we got to put our butts on the line and make sure that they get what they need to fight a war. That's just it. But this country keeps us in perpetual war because war is big business, always has been. If you don't believe me, look up um, Marine Corps General Smedley Butler. Look up Smedley Butler and see what Smedley Butler says. One of the most de decorated Marines in, uh, in the history of the United States Marine Corps. He went all the way up to the ranks. And he told the truth. I believe he was really a, a true a man of honor, an officer and a gentleman. So that's Smedley Butler. Hurrah, Super Fi, General Butler being the man that you were. 
I hope there's more Marines up there like you that will step up and keep this country great again. You know, we, have, we do have some problems in this country, but you know what? They can all be straightened out. Ain't nothing impossible out here. There's nothing impossible out here. Everything can be straightened out. But uh, going back to Canada, those people believe in liberty. Those people believe in freedom. Those people believe in speaking their mind. And what did their country do? They tried to shut them down. They put the police on these people. They went in their bank accounts and took their money. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm a law-abiding citizen. You know, uh, I've done law enforcement before. The police have a hard job. But you know what? When the cops are not on the side of the citizens and they're doing the bidding of a corrupt government, now you're not my friend no more. Now we got a problem here. And those cops, when they went after those truckers and allowed them, and they didn't stand with them for liberty and freedom, and they sided with their corrupt ass government, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't abide that. I'm appalled of the way that the police agencies up there, especially the RCMP, you know, you have such an impeccable reputation, but you tarnished yourselves by doing what you did to those truckers. I hope you wake up and realize your military was even smarter than you guys. They didn't get involved in the fray. And they would and they had they had the stones enough to tell that premier, man, you may go go kick rocks, punk. Because that's what you are. You're nothing but a young punk. Canada, wake up. You don't need that dude leading your country. You don't need him. Especially if you want to be free. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. And this guy's honest truth. Reason why they buffaloed y'all like they did. They came after you like that. Because y'all ain't got no guns. Y'all ain't got no guns. And I don't think a police agency in the United States is going to mess with a bunch of truckers, man. Because these truckers down here is crazy. It's, they, 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 they BS crazy, okay? They bat crap crazy, man. So, you know. I think it's going to come down to it where they're going to start pushing our buttons down here. But people don't understand what the Canadian truckers are up against. You know, I even got family members tell me, oh, well, you know, they don't care about other people's jobs. You know what? <sighs> hey, other people go home at night on their jobs. These people got to find some place to sleep at night. The government wants you off the roads at night. You go to the truck stops. There's not a place. Anytime after 4 o'clock p.m., if you ain't got a spot, you pretty much forget about it I'm telling you you can pretty much call it a day because you can drive to all these truck stops they're going to be full I know because I drive afternoons evenings and nights and trying to find a place and and you know it's, it's, it's crazy it's crazy you will not get a spot you know even certain certain uh, um Certain states, like Kentucky is one state, where their scale house, they close up, they allow the trucks to sleep at night. Illinois is not so progressive or smart. Let me say smart. Illinois ain't so smart. They don't even let you park over at their scale houses, okay? They'll tell you, oh, driver, you can't stay here tonight. I did that one night. I just pulled in to catch up on my 15-minute, no, well, my 30-minute break. And uh, <laughs> I had my dog with me at the time. And this uh, lady <clears> at <throat> work for the uh, scale house, you know, scale house lady, come waddling her, waddling out of the uh, scale house because I was parked on the far side over in Illinois when they on I-55 up there in Bolingbrook. She come wilding out to my truck telling me I can't park there. I told her, I said, well, ma'am, I'm just here for my 30-minute break. You know, I'm not staying here all night. Well, they got signs clearly posted. You can't park. Yes, ma'am, you're right. And I'm here for my 30-minute break. Now, you know what? This is state law versus federal law. Now, you don't want me to leave here. I'm breaking a federal law. Well, you could have parked at, 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 at this truck stop, that truck stop. Been there, done that. Ain't nowhere for me to park over there. So I've come over here, the lot is empty, ain't nobody, I'm not doing no harm, I ain't out here throwing garbage out the window and anything like that. And uh, 
my dog being my dog loves me dearly. My dog decided to start barking at her. <laughs> so I didn't cuss her out, my dog did. So I don't think she spoke dog. But I know what my I know what my dog Fozzie was saying. You fat she did out of my truck box out of bite the out of you. I'm like, you go, you go, buddy. You gonna get it, you gonna get an extra burger for that one, man. I love you, dog. But she waddled her butt back over to the building. I said, Look, I'm on my 30 minute break, lady, you know. I'll be gone in 30 minutes. But it's just the fact that Illinois will not accommodate drivers, but they want your money, okay? They want to bankrupt you. You go over here and, and, and you get a uh, you get a base plate from Illinois and you get all of the, uh, the uh, you get permitted for you know all the states in Canada, you're gonna pay, you know, 3,500 bucks a year where it'll cost you half that much right next door over in Indiana. So they want your money, but they, but they don't want to, they don't want to treat you right. And that's what's going on out here. Another form of taxation with no representation. Last time I checked and I read a book, there was a country called America brought out of something like that. This, this, this country was formed out of that, wasn't it? I'm just saying, you know, but folks that don't know no better, they think the truck drivers is the ones that's, that's, that's the problem. No, the problem is your elected representation, okay? These people, and I can't say all of them because I don't know them all. It's just the main the, the main knuckleheads on TV all the time, you know, bumping their gums incoherently. Next, Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Incoherently. They lie so much, they don't even know what they're saying half the time. And I know they're lying because their lips are moving. It's just the fact that, you know, you're pushing us into a corner and you think you're legislating us to, to do the right thing and you're not. You're taking away our freedoms and that's not good. You know, the kids are dumb. Dumb. I mean, they smart, they smart in school, but they dumb in life and knowing what's going on out here. I mean, I've lived to see a lot of changes, you know, at the age of 61 right now. You know, I ain't the young guy in the movie no more. I ain't the young guy in the movie no more. So I'm just saying, I've seen the changes how it was, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know? I've been in this game a lot of years. You know, I started out hitting freight boxes, running with Snyder. I did rail yard stuff. I jumped into tanking. And I stayed with tanking because, well, you know, they treat you better. I get better respect pulling a tank than I did driving a dry box. You know, they treat the dry box drivers like crap. You know, tanker driver, they, hey, they treat us with respect. I like it. I mean, I've heard how these uh, steel haulers talk to one another at the steel mills. It's just disgraceful. They call each other out every day, man. They, they fight up, they, they fight to get in their places to load up them trucks like dogs fighting over meat scraps in a, in, you know, in a, in a Viking village. It's just crazy. You know. But people, I started this to put some thoughts out here and to get my friends on. I've been trying to get my buddies on, but they, they kind of to the point where I'm going to have to spearhead this myself so I can steer the conversation and uh, they not get so personal because uh, some of the things they say, they're going to get in trouble with their women at home. You know, you know what I mean? And that ain't, that ain't good. So I got to keep the moderate. I got to keep them and moderate them to a point of not, we're going to get a whole bunch of it and it because I'm going to have to edit the daylights out of what they say because they get kind of carried away. But uh, I knew I had to talk about these things and get it off my chest. I've been thinking about it and uh, trying to form how I'm going to keep this thing going. And uh, if you hear what I got to say, and you can always... Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give some kind of way that I could, you know, you can you can send me some messages. Uh, I'm not a Facebook type dude. 
I tried to stand on the radar as much as I can about a lot of that stuff. Because, you know, you just got so much out here. You, you know, your privacy ain't private no more. You know, Big Brother knows everything about you. And uh, I don't think that's a good thing. I really don't. You know? I still believe that, you know, we should have some privacy left. I mean, even if it's the space between our left ear and our right ear, you know? So with that, I'm going to get on to this other subject because I hope the guys, in, I hope the men and women in Canada will uh, get justice because that's what they need. They need justice. They just don't need that, 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 uh, that punk Trudeau in office. And I hope they wake up and get rid of him and the rest of those people who voted to take their hard-earned money. Because it's, it's, it's not easy trying to run a truck up and down these roads and paying you know, the fuel that you got to pay for. Because, you know, I got into it when they started bumping up the price of fuel. And it was costing me as an owner-operator 2500 bucks a week. That's coming out of my, my bottom line for fuel, you know? That's $2,500. You know, most people on, on these jobs out here don't know, make nowhere close to that. And I was dropping that much a week in my fuel tank just to, just to get my chemicals up down the highway that I was delivering. And I can imagine right now, with the price being what it is now, they got what, this $4 going on $5 uh, uh, gallon of gas, it, it's going to cost you 5000 a week now. Just to fuel your truck if you're running, you know, if you're running long distances. And I used to run California. I used to run Houston and back. I used to run New York, New Jersey, you know, upstate New York, New York City. Back and forth in and out of uh, uh, Philly, you know, Pittsburgh. Georgia. I used to run Atlanta, you know, a lot of stuff, you know. You'd be surprised. I've run Toronto many times. Yeah, I run around Chicago all day long, deliver a load, you know, preload a load, come back, drop, pick up one, and go to Toronto, be there that night. That's how I used to run it. You know. Run out to California, run to Denver, you know. Yeah, it's gonna cost you know five thousand a week now if you own an operator. That's a lot of money, and they're not paying you like they used to get paid. Because since deregulation, the money is not in, in going in the truckers' pockets no more. Now I wasn't working during 1972. I was still a kid, and that's during time of the Nixon administration. Now, I was having uh, I was having lunch one day at uh, at the Petrol up there in Fargo, North Dakota. And I was talking to a guy who was the driver. And he's like, yeah, you know, he told me how long he had been driving. He said, back in 1972, if you were a company driver and you had $5,000 cash money in your pocket, you were considered being broke, not having no money. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, deregulation killed all that. When the government started regulating the trucking industry, that's what killed truck drivers from making money. Well, the money, you know, and I, and, I, and I was trying to search out what happened with deregulation. Well, I'll tell you what happened. The trains happened. All of the freight that the truckers and the, and the revenue that the truck drivers was making is shifted over there to the railroads. Shifted to the railroads. Because they want to structure a point where the trains bring all the freight and all you do is go pick up at the at the different rail yards and stuff and deliver locally. Well, tr trust me, that's not a smart idea. But see, you gotta you gotta talk to the eggheads over there in D.C. They think they know everything. They ain't never been in a truck before. 
you know, we got the best interstate system out here, you know, compliments of Eisenhower. And before him, Adolf Hitler, because that's where he got the idea from. He got it from Adolf Hitler when he went over there at World War II and found out how the Panzer Division was moving from the uh, from the Russian front over there to the Western front and backing up all the, all the Hitler's troops and everything out there. And they found out he had an interstate system. As I would say, hey, we need one of them. And that's how we got the interstate system that we got. That's why we're such a great country because of the fact that we were, you know, we, we took some, some, some wise moves from other places and innovated them. I mean, and we need to expand on our highways more, you know, instead of just having these, you know, two lanes going one direction, we need probably three to four in certain areas. That way you can go faster, like the Autobahn and the Autostrada, you know, I haven't been to Germany yet. I have been to Europe, but I haven't been to Germany. I would really, really like to go to the Autobahn and check it out and see it for myself. But, uh, yeah. You know, as I came over here, hey, they started doing this. And that's what got our goods and services all across this country. Because before that, all we had was state route roads. You know, Route 66 was one of them, which is, you know, after they got, you know, they made I-55, 66 kind of, you know, went by way of uh, hit and miss. It's on the side of the road. Now you drive right past it to see Route 66. And that take you all the way from uh, Chicago to California. It used to, you know. But... Uh, we got a wonderful interstate system all over this country. And countries like China, they working on theirs right now. I went over there and I seen what they're, what they're trying to do. And trust and believe, they're doing it marvelous because their people are educated. And that's what's wrong with our country. We're not educating our children the way we need them to be educated. You know, math, science, I mean, you know, we should we should start them out early on, on doing that type of stuff, you know. Um, we need to change our school curriculum because this teacher union thing, man, they ain't doing nothing but teaching communism. They're not teaching them history. And the history they want to teach them is, is you know, a skewed history about racism. You know, the pros and cons I hear about what's going on, you know, with... Um, what they want to teach kids, you know, keep they want to teach white kids to be ashamed of them being white and, and all this type of stuff. It, uh, let's, teach, let, let, let's teach the truth, okay? You know, black history is American history. It should be incorporated in school so everybody know that, you know, black people did participate. So did Native Americans. So did Hispanic Americans. So did Chinese Americans. You know, put it out there. Let them know. The book is going to be thick as, you know, thick as an unabridged dictionary, but guess what? Print the truth. Put it out. But don't indoctrinate. Educate. That way all these kids will be proud of being American, okay? No matter where they come from. From inner city to the suburbs. You know? Educate. Ain't no big eyes, no little use in this game. We all Americans last time I checked. And I want us to still be America. Yeah, I support Trump. Because why? He cares about this country. He's a builder. I know where he's coming from. I got three buildings downtown in Chicago that I worked on. So I understand what it takes to build a building downtown Chicago. And the same thing it takes in Chicago, the same thing it takes in New York City. Even more so, because like you said, in New York City, the mob was running the concrete company and everything like that. So you had to deal with them in order to get things done. And the unions in New York is kind of wacky. But hey, that's how they do things in New York. But Trump was a man that was able to navigate and do that. You know? I believe in what he said about keep America great again. And when he said it, I understood what he was talking about. When he said, you know, well, make America great again, America was great after World War II. You know? That was one of the greatest generations. That's the generation my, my, my mom and dad come from. You know, they came, they, you know, 
They were the kind of people that they believe that they believe in hard work. Education pays off. <laughs> you know. They instilled that in me. You know, save your money. Be industrious. And that's what we need to teach these kids. These kids nowadays don't have a work ethic. Most of them, you know, raised by mommies anyway. You know, I ain't trying to say a woman can't raise a kid, but a woman can't raise a young boy to a man. These kids need fathers in their life. And I remember when uh, LBJ said, you know what? I'm going to sign this poverty bill and I'm going to have these nigglets voting Democrat for the next 200 years. I saw how he destroyed the black community by putting people on aid checks. Women couldn't have a man in the house in order to get paid. And then they could have as many kids as they wanted to get a check. Well, you know, you just broke the back of the, of, of, of the families. And I see the end result of what happened back then. That's why at the age that I am, I can see the difference what's going on, you know? And I mean, it's just not just the Democratic Party that fell down on, on, their, on their commitment to American people. The Republicans fell down on their commitment too because they didn't step up and try to right the wrong. You know, I believe if you ain't part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And they definitely are a part of the problem because they weren't trying to bring solutions. All they was trying to do is bring people in, 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 in a situation to put them in prison cells. So you had that prison pipeline situation going on. You know, when you know better, do better. And we got to wake up. And, you know, a lot of problems is you got a bunch of these so-called boule Negroes. And people been buffaloed by them because why? Well, they're smarter than we are. They got money. We need to listen to them. Well, guess what? You need to do your homework about the boule. The black boule, B-O-U-L-E. Henry Menton. And the talented 10th. And find out that you know what? They just another situation just like skull and bones, secret organization of folks to hold people back. Because when you look at them, all they're doing is supporting Democratic Party ideals. And the Democratic Party ain't doing nothing but holding black folks back. Do your homework, people. Do your homework. You know? I made I I I got on this podcast to, you know, talk about some things air some stuff that goes on in my mind and to get you to look into stuff what's going on out here. Don't get emotional. Don't take it personal. Pray on it and ask the Lord for your wisdom and judgment and to start educating yourself about what's going on here. Because the only way we're going to get what we need, we got to get educated. And you got to know what's going on in order for you to change the system. So with that, be blessed. Love you dearly. Thanks for listening. Always pray. And uh, be good to yourself. Be good to your people. And be good to strangers. Later. <laughs>